Hello, Not About Us family. Thank you for tuning in to my ongoing Revelation study. Uh, today we are reading verse 17 in chapter 1. As you know, I have a phobia of going more than one verse at a time. So, <laughs> so we will just yes. be doing the one verse. Um, in this verse, John's going to describe what happens when he sees Jesus in his glorified state and how Jesus responds to that. But as always, I'm Brad. And I'm Scott. And this is not about us. All right. Hello, everybody. Um, this is dangerous to say because it might get proven wrong, but today's study might be a short one. <laughs> yes, always dangerous to say. <laughs> we say that with the uh, with the best intentions, but then sometimes we end up in conversation and they go a lot longer than we're assuming. But uh, today, like usual, I have a few conclusions and several no conclusions. Um, but I like sharing what I see, and I'm always open to conversation about it. So just throwing that out there again. Uh, always feel free to message us if there's something in here that you want to want to talk about, or if you've seen something that I've said differently. I would love to see how you're seeing things as well. So um, I like to try to paint the picture of what I'm seeing the best I can. Sometimes I don't know if it always translates well to words, but um, I would love to see what other people what their paintings are looking like uh, as we're continuing on in Revelation here. Um, but as always, Scott, I got to do this correctly, and there's only one good way to do that. So would you please invite who this is all about in so we can do our best here? Absolutely. And I want to add something to this real quick. Um, uh, as this is not about us, uh, several months ago, uh, many of you may know, in uh, one of our conversation pieces, we went to Minnesota, mm -hmm. visited with Paul, the uh, artist on my comic book, Spirit Man, and he shared with us uh, a little bit about Portable Vision, uh, an artist's uh, mission that they do uh, down there. So um, he is sending out an email uh, to pray. They have begun a new session every Wednesday. Uh, they get together, so I'm going to include that. Oh, please do. In the prayer today. But um, Yahweh God, I just thank you. I just thank you and I praise you for, for your love, your, your, your kindness, your mercy. You are God. We acknowledge you and we bow before you. But you are love and we praise you and we thank you for that. You yes. did not have to love us. You chose to love us. Uh, and and we just thank you so much for the the privilege and the honor and and of uh, just joining with your glory and your holiness and and your wondrous being and and just the unification that you have brought us with that love. We do pray for portable vision uh, for. For Paul and and all of the mentors and all of the kids, all of the students uh, that are a part of this, we pray for clarity. We pray for compassion, but mostly Yahweh God. We pray for you. Yes. Glorify yourself yes. in in portable vision. Glorify yourself in this study today. 
uh, glorify yourself in our lives, God. And I thank you and I praise you. Uh, Yeshua HaMashiach, Yahweh God, Ruach HaKodesh, thank you and amen. Yes, amen. Um, on a quick note on that, um, I'm not going to go into the details here. Uh, you can find it elsewhere, but uh, all conversation podcasts will be have been at this point removed from YouTube, and we won't be posting any more conversation podcasts on there. Um, however, I am keeping our trip up to meet Paul and everybody there and just look at all the artwork because that one, there surely is nothing in there that YouTube community guidelines would be upset about. <laughs> at least not yet. But also, that one, uh, that conversation was a very special one um, to me as well. Um, I was very appreciative and very thankful that I got to go up there um, and experience that place and, and meet the people and see the artwork that the students were doing. So, uh, yes, that one will stay on there. Highly recommend if you've not watched that one that you watch that one. Um, well worth it. Um, but anyway, yes, blessings to them. Okay. So uh, the verse today, All right, chapter 1, <laughs> verse 17, and in the King James it states, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not. I am the first and the last. So, first off, um, this might be an interesting one to choose, but this is this and verses like it have always been kind of some of my personal favorites. Okay. Um, anytime that a human character uh, in the Bible is recanting their testimony, they're telling us what's going on. Recounting? Re yes, yeah, sorry. Okay. Uh, recounting their testimony. Uh Telling us uh, how what they experienced, and it's some godly, amazing, glorious thing, and then they react like a human would. Yeah, to me, to me, it, it's so it's so easy to identify with that because yeah, just in my own life, there have been times where just thinking about God, thinking about the concept of God. That blows my mind. You know, I call them God thoughts, where I get too big and I have to reel myself back in a little bit because it starts to just go so beyond what I can understand. Even that blows my mind. But imagine actually experiencing the visual and the audio of his voice. Yeah. You know, I. this is, like I said, this is the painting I'm always trying to paint. But in that moment you are experiencing something so beyond your comprehension and you're seeing glory and power and you're seeing righteousness. You're seeing, you know, the complete opposite of everything that we have here. Sin, uh, you know, curse, uh, the, the fall. You're seeing everything the way it's supposed to be. And just how overwhelming is that for a mere human? You know, and so passages like this, I, I, they're some of my favorite just because I can relate. I can now put myself right there where John is, and I can go, I get it. I, what, what would I do? You know? It, it, right. It's like the song I can only imagine. Uh -huh. You know, what, what will I do? Will, will I be able to sing? Will I be able to speak at all? Will I, you know, it's just, 
it's hard to imagine right now, but when you are presented with it, you're going to respond like a human would, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, sorry, that was a long way to just say, I like this. <laughs> no, I get it. Uh, I get it. You're, you're just, you're identifying with, it, this isn't a, a play, this isn't uh, a, a movie where you see the hero rise up and be, you know, no, it's like, no, he's, he's in awe, he's awestruck, he's, he's, he's falling apart right. at this. Uh, yeah, no, I totally get it. Well, I, I was just having this conversation with my wife earlier. We, uh, when we go to a movie, like a superhero movie, you know, we see this amazing stuff happen. We see people flying, we see them, uh, buildings crashing down and they're saving people from being crushed and they're, you know, they're fighting aliens or whatever it might be, but we're seeing all this amazing stuff. And then we go back to reality and to what we're actually, what we actually experience in reality. But what happened if one day we woke up and superheroes were a real thing and there was people flying around and doing crazy stuff? I mean, to go from this reality to that reality just like that would be, you know, mm -hmm. we'd probably think we were going crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, it would just be something, wow. Um, but I, 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 I got a few passages here from Scripture just of, Situations like this, uh, we're going to get into Revelation and what and John here, but but I, there's so many examples like this where people see something godly, they talk to God, uh, they talk to Jesus, and you know this happens. Abraham, you know, he falls on his face when discussing his covenant with God in Genesis 17:3. Joshua falls on his face and begins worshiping the commander of the Lord's army. And Joshua 5.14. Ezekiel 1.28 describes the appearance of the Lord he saw and mentions Ezekiel fell upon his face. And I just, it, a lot of re repetition of this falling on my face. Um, and I really like that description, so I'm going to read it real quick. As the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud in the day of rain, so was the appearance of the brightness roundabout. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell upon my face, and I heard a voice of one that spake. I just, first of all, I love the way that description. I love the Bible can be so poetic, and, and, and this was King James Version, and it didn't matter what version I read that in, it still had like a, you know, that poetry to it. Um, and I just love that. But, you know, he's so overcome in that, and the, once again, he's using the words, the best of his words that he can do to describe what he saw. And it's a beautiful passage, but it still pales to the actual experience of seeing it with your own eyes. You know, it'll always pale to that, to that experience. Um, Daniel has this response with seeing when he was getting his last day vision in Daniel 10, 15. And when he had spoken such words unto me, I set my face toward the ground and I became dumb. You know, I, I, I became dumb. You know, we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to talk about John being as if dead, but it's the same kind of thing. We're so, so caught off guard by what we're experiencing because it's so outside of what we're used to in our reality. And these are people who have already had, you know, certain experiences and stuff like that. And it still rocks them to their core when they have that experience, mm -hmm. which I just think is so cool. Um, uh, this is a trifecta, Peter, James, and John in Matthew 17, 6, all three 
fell on their faces in fear when Jesus was transfigured. And at that time, Jesus had to touch them and told them to arise and not be afraid, which is going to be similar to what happens here. And I have some thoughts on that, too. I'm just giving you a whole lot of, hey, this is coming up. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll stop that. <laughs> um, and then, of course, one of the greatest... Um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time thinking about this. I'm just going to throw it out there. Paul, he fell to the earth when traveling to Damascus in Acts 9-4. He also recounts it later in Acts. But to me, this is one of the most humbling experiences that ever, just period, ever. Jesus confronts Paul and asks why Paul is prosecuting him. Persecuting. I'm, I'm so sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Pers prosecuting. Well, persecuting. That, that was actually kind of means the same thing, actually. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but then it has the judical. So no, I, yeah. appreciate, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, sorry. I'm a little excited today. Um, but just, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that, but think about that. Just imagine being in that position for a moment. Not only are you having the experience of your lifetime, but he's saying, whoa, why are you doing this to me? You know, just um, that's not part of our study. But when I got when I was thinking about that, I was like, oh, my gosh, no. Like, <laughs> that's, yeah. a, that's a deep thought. Um, and then, of course, we all know that Paul becomes one of the greatest, you know, of the apostles and, and just, you know, there wouldn't be a New Testament without him. I mean, it, it just amazing man but we're talking about john and revelation um so all of these are totally human responses when humbled by the awesome overwhelming voice and sight of god so i just i just want to keep the, keep this in our heads imagine seeing god's power directly it's unmistakable your everything that you believe about reality has just been changed uh it, it changes the rules um as we know them how could you not be overcome? How could you not be immediately humbled? Mm -hmm. um, I, I mean, for everybody, it would be a little different, but the, what thoughts would pop into your head? Guilt, shame, and now that you know for sure that 100% it's real, would there be an oh, no moment? Would there be, you know, to some of us who are doing the right thing, the great celebration, the reward of knowing that, I mean, you always knew, but now you're experiencing it. You know, so mm -hmm. many possible things, but there's no way that anyone could stand in front of the glorified Lord and not be humbled and overcome with something. Yeah. I just, I want to keep that in there. Mm -hmm. um, but so for me, I looked at a lot of the words in this uh, verse and a lot of them, um, mean exactly what they mean, you know, so I, I right. fell, well, he fell, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I did still find a few things here or there that I think are interesting. I'm going to share them. I'm going to just make sure people know I don't have really any strong conclusions. I just have the feelings. I have my own experiences and nothing I'm going to probably say today is ex exactly what's happening here. I'm not going to stand on 100%. This is exactly what was going on. Right. This could be part of what's going on, but nothing here is exactly what was going on. So I just want to make sure people know that. Uh, but the first word I did look at was fell. And it's uh, Strong's Concordance uh, 4098. And it means to fall. 
Um, the word is pipto, kind of like it, pipto. Um, <laughs> once again, I could be mispronouncing the Greek words, so I have to ask for apologies for that too. Um, the usage on this one is I fall, I fall under, I fall prostate. Okay. Um, so, uh, or I fall prostate from an upright position. Huh. So when you fall, I mean, everybody knows this. There's multiple directions that you can fall, right? You can fall forward. You can fall backwards. You can fall to the side. You can crumple straight down to the ground. You know, there's lots of ways that you can fall. But I think the direction here is important. And it's probably one of the most important things that could happen. He fell, John, he fell at the feet of Jesus. So, you know, it doesn't really matter necessarily if he fell forward, backwards, left, right. It doesn't matter because what's important is he fell at the feet of Jesus. If he fell into a prostate position, then, you know, he's falling into that humble, uh, you know, position, uh, position of worship. Um, you know, he's complete submissiveness to Jesus. Right. I think that's generally the way we picture it. Right. Like he's, he's dropping mm -hmm. uh, on his face, but you're right. I never really thought about it before. Uh, he's just, I fell at his feet as dead. What if he just went, oh, you know, <laughs> and just wham, just hit the ground. Right. You know, I, I never consciously thought about that before. I just kind of assumed he went, oh, God, it's God. Oh, you know, and, and I meant that. I didn't mean like he's swearing. I mean, he's like, oh, it's God, God. you know. Down. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that's just the picture that we immediately get, and it makes sense. And as many of my examples said, mm -hmm. most of them fall on their face. So that, to, to, to me, that means most of them fell down into that, you know, prostate worship. Right. Position. It doesn't necessarily specify right there, but I think I think what we're supposed to see here, and in a little bit we're going to see something else. What we're supposed to see, what's important, because it's mentioned, he fell at the feet of Jesus. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to go too much into the feet of Jesus in this podcast because I've already done that. Uh, what two podcasts ago? Um, in my series of. Uh, what did the glorified Jesus look like and and whatnot. But it's important, I feel, and I wanted to mention it. Um, now, I also found this interesting about the word uh, pipto. It has been known to refer to someone falling in battle. Um, it's, it, it, one of its usages is um, specifically referring to a person that fell in battle. So, once again, I'm not saying that this is what's going on here with John, but I had this image that come that came into my head, and, and I want to share it. Um, me personally, I sometimes feel like I am battling my sin, and I'm battling temptation. And that struggle can be tiresome. Uh, sometimes I, I lose a lot of energy in this. <laughs> um, you know, I might, and especially because because of, of the up and downness of it, I might have a victory one day and feel like I am on fire, mm -hmm. and then the next day, you know, I might feel like I've lost so much territory. I have to retreat. You know, and just like a battle. And if I'm honest, like I said, sometimes I feel really worn out by this battle, and then when that happens, 
I have to be on guard because that little voice starts popping in my head saying, is it worth it? Is all of this worth it? Is this, if this uh, back and forth battle with territory gain and territory lost until eventually someday I will finally piptoe, I will finally fall in battle. Is it worth it? And I hate that voice, but I'm not, I'm, I know I can't be the only one that, that sometimes that struggles with that. The doubt pops in there. The little voice tries to convince you of something else, whether it be from the enemy or whatever. But it's moments like this when I'm doing this study and these images pop into my head and then I see something else. I see another image that pops in my head and then it makes me go, yeah, it is worth it. And, and let, me, let me tell you why. If I fall in battle in the same direction as John just did right now, and I fall at the feet of Jesus, if I were to fall as if dead, dead in my sins, Jesus is there to remind me to not be afraid. What is he going to do to John here? He's going to say, don't be afraid, right? So that right there is what makes it worth it. That simple little truth, that reminder, all the struggling is made worth of it, is made, is, is, the worth of it is there because of Jesus. Now it's that truth right there that simply, that simple little truth that will, that will remind me and give me the energy and the strength to get back up because Jesus is worth it. Now, once again, I'm not going to say that the author of Revelation is saying that this is what's going on here. But it is a vision that when I ponder this, to me, it's a beautiful vision. Because it is a reminder that I'm not forgotten. I'm not lost. Even when I feel like I'm struggling, fall down as if dead to the feet of Jesus and let him pick me back up. Let him put his hand upon me and tell me, don't be afraid. I mean, that is that what makes it worth it. Jesus makes it worth it. Like I said, no, no idea if that's what's going on here. It's just a vision that popped in my head, and I was going through the whole vision, and I'm like, what would make it worth it? Well, it's right here. Fall down at his feet, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, if anything, these podcasts have surely have um, explained that, you know, we believe very strongly in the uh, the ever and ever, the 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 eternity with our Savior, and just how wonderful and beautiful and awesome that's going to be. The party that lasts forever and ever. The celebration of the mighty deed that lasts forever and ever. I mean, in Genesis, in this study, I mean, hopefully that's the one thing we're getting across. And that's what makes it worth it. Jesus. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but I'll move on if you don't. No, not... Um... Well, it got me, it, it did get me thinking that um, uh, I wonder the ever and ever and, and, and all of that and submitting, falling at his feet as dead uh, and, and being lifted up, being, do, you know, do not be afraid, you know, laying his hand upon us and all of that it is something that we all fail at in this lifetime to a degree and when sin is removed it will be perfected 
But I think one of our biggest failures is that we don't fall soon enough in oh, this life. Exactly. Yeah. And that we uh, um, we can experience the ever and ever. We can experience the laying on of hands from Jesus. We can experience that now. Uh, it, it's not... I, I don't believe the uh, eternal life, you know, upon death and for the rest of... The, the, this physical death and then your judgment and the rest of eternity... I don't believe it's supposed to start there. Uh, I just think, essentially, with you know, because of his mercies, he's given us a point where it's like, okay, you know what? Let's cut this off, and let's remove you from the sin and the struggle, and let's let's. I'm going to let you start the rest. Uh, um, but I think. Almost everyone who's ever lived, uh, could, how do I put this? Well, we could obviously definitely do more and grow closer on this life. Right. And I'm, I'm, believe me, I'm, I'm preaching at myself right now. I'm, I'm, I'm been spending a lot of time lately trying to kick this very thing into my heart. And you're, you're speaking to me with this message right now is fall on your face before God, fall at his feet, um, and there's so much selfishness, there's so much whatever mm -hmm. you want, you know, it's a little different for everyone, uh, what the exact motivations are, uh, but there's a lot of that that just gets in the way and keeps us from experiencing uh, all of it right now. Right. And, you know, sometimes there's a success and we get a little bit closer, but we're still not there. Uh, uh, but I, I do believe we could continue and grow and, and get basically to that point with at least of seeing him fully and experiencing him fully in this life and and I'm, I'm really coming down hard on myself right now, at least internally. I don't mean this to sound like um, all you horrible people, you know, that I'm seeing. I'm I'm really going after me right now. Uh, but I see so many, and this is going to be a weird way to put it. I'm I'm failing to fail. Uh, you know, fail, failing to fall. I think that would be a better way to put it. But it, it's that's how my brain is is doing it. It's like let your ego, let your selfishness, let all of that fail. You know, uh, let it let it go away. And and I'm failing to do that. And um, now you you've been. You've been convicting me with this right now, and and just the 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 ever and ever. It's like it's not just a point in time and then forever on. It's ever and ever. It's past and future. It should be right now. Well, you know, I gotta convict myself a little bit too, because why do I have so many struggles? Uh -huh. It's because I'm not falling down at the feet of Jesus like I should. Yeah, it's a. 
to, when I talk about these great victories, those are the times that I did. Mm-hmm. Those are the times that, when, and then the next day comes, and, and we've talked about it before, but the next day comes and something else pressing happens. The world screams at me from a different direction, and I go off in that tangent, and then I forget to, to fall at the feet again, yeah. and now I have a struggle. Whereas with me, it's usually laziness. It's well, usually... Yeah. I hit that success. I had a period about a week or two ago where it's like I was so on fire and so in the glory. And it was like my dreams are usually confusing and mixed up. And there's something maybe cool going on and and exciting. Maybe it's telling me a story. My subconscious is working something. I had like two nights in a row where everything was just wonderful and happy and perfect. And I knew that if it wasn't God speaking to me, it was at least my subconscious releasing you did it this you know this is wonderful i mean i was at a great place and i just sort of went okay no no point in moving on kick my feet up and just let it go and and no i i don't need to keep fighting i don't need to and 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 i let it slip away and it, it would just been kicking myself going knock that pattern off yeah but um I gotta, I gotta stay at his feet until he lifts me up, until he puts his hand on me. Uh, and first, I have to fall. Uh, but, but I'm sorry. Go on. Uh, I, I, I kind of rambled too no, much. No, it was good conversation, and 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 I'm glad to convict, because because <laughs> you know it, it is good, but it also convicts me in those moments too, because you know the reason that I'm sharing that. And the reason I'm trying to be so open about, you know, my personal life is I'm not making this about me. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to be open and honest about all of this because I want to show people that that's okay. You know, yeah. that, that, you know, you don't have to do it publicly like we are, but, but, <laughs> but it is okay to do that, to be honest and say that, yes, you are not, you know, you are having struggles and doubts are popping in your head and that's okay. But where do you got to go when that happens? Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I said, there have been times where I was victorious in that I took, did everything correctly. I went to him. I said, God, this doubt is popping in my head. Help me out. And there is the help I need. And other times I stew on it for four or five days, you know, just, mm -hmm. just, uh, just how I am. But Every time that I do, every time that I am a little bit successful, I feel, and every time that I do struggle, I feel like all of it is necessary. I do, I do personally believe that we have to have some struggle here. We, ha we have to experience some negative consequences from our actions. We have to, we have to get sometimes, and for some people, it, like me, Sometimes you might have to hit the most rock bottom before it finally clicks. But when everything is perfected and there is no sin temptation anymore, I do feel like it's that, that the thankfulness, the, the, uh, the appreciation is going to be so much more because we're going to understand what it was like. Mm -hmm. You know, I, yes, yes. I, oh, I, very much. So. I believe that we will not, um, you know, there's passages where basically it states that those things will no longer be remembered. But I don't, I, I think what, I, I think personally, we still will remember the experience because 
there's going to be that gratitude that, oh, you took us out of that. Mm -hmm. And that's what, and that's one of the things we're going to be celebrating forever and ever is just, you know, we never have to go back to that. We always get this now. And, but you wouldn't be as appreciative if you didn't have bad things. Right. You know, I just, that's a belief that I have, whether it's true or not, you know, we'll find out one day, but, but, uh, yeah, I, I, to me, it makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've had knowing what we were brought up out of mm-hmm. makes you appreciate where you are so much more. I had a dog one time that was from the pound and that was the most loving appreciative dog I've ever had. And I think it was because before we had him, he had a bad life. And so when he came into a good life, I think he was generally appreciative. You know, uh-huh. I mean, it's, it, it, I'm not calling us all dogs, but, <laughs> but I but think I it's a similar idea there. Uh, if even a dog can understand, Hey, this is better than what I had, you know? And, and, and I feel like he had a bad life because there would be times where like, you know, you'd be playing and you might put a hand up and he would start to cower. And I'm like, did somebody hit you in the, in the past? You know, I, I, I just had sensations that he was, had been, had a bad life before us, but then with us, you know, he's gets to be a dog again. He just gets to be happy and, and, and do what dogs are supposed to do. And so I, I feel like there will be some of that. we got to have the bad to appreciate the good. Um, but to get back on track, um, so the next word that I was pondering was the word dead, um, as if dead. I fell uh, as if dead. It's uh, Strong's Concordance 3498, and it's necros. And apologize again if it's not quite pronounced right. Um, As dead, necros, that, that sounds right. I mean, necros, you think, you know, necromancer, necro, you know, you, uh, necro. Don't even think about that. Death. Yeah. Which, um, all of that comes from a root word of necus, neck, neck something. Uh, <laughs> neck something. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that all is, makes sense. That is the Greek pronunciation, neck something. <laughs> Um, but this definition is dead. Um, usage though can be dead, lifeless, subject to death, mortal. Um, as a noun, it can be a dead body or a corpse. Um, found this interesting though. And the uh, word study helper here. Um, so unresponsive to life-giving influences, like opportunities, and then also inoperative, inoperative to the things of God. Huh. So I have a few thoughts on that. Uh, the first is that last line, which, you know, inoperative to the things of God. So in a dead state, John is inoperative to the things of God. Operative means to function or having effect. Um, it's also a surgical thing, but... I didn't have anything on that. <laughs> but if it means to function or having effect, inoperative is the opposite. Uh, no effect, no function. So then, once again, go with me down this road. Um, even if it doesn't sound right to you, hear me out. Okay. So, so Jesus has to touch him and, and tell him not to be afraid. Now, in a way, what I'm seeing here is in a, not, not maybe not physically or literally, but in a, in, a, in a shadow picture kind of way, he brought him back to life in that moment. He brought him back so he could op- be operative and to function again. Yeah. He placed his hand upon him, 
do not be afraid. And now John is able to go out and do and, and do the, the message or to deliver the message that he was supposed to give. Mm-hmm. In a way, in a, you know, in a spiritual shadow, shadow picture way, he just brought him back to life. Yeah. Even if John wasn't literally dead, only if he was as if dead, but Jesus just brought him back. Now, uh, to me, let's see here. In a way, bringing him back to life so he can be operative into function or to function correctly, which is a favorite bit of mine from Scott's Genesis study. Mm-hmm. Um, he brought him back so he could function correctly. Right. Um, uh, as in, in, from that Genesis study, basically, before the fall, everything functioned correctly. God designed everything, and, and, and everything was working correctly. If you think of it like a, you know, a great timepiece or something like that, everything just functioned correctly. There were no errors. Mm-hmm. And then after the fall, it does not function correctly anymore. But the whole restoration of all things, when the new heavens, the new earth, and all of this is accomplished everything will function again uh, correctly. And so (laughs) to me right here, what this is telling me is that being dead is not what God intended for us to function correctly. Being alive is what we're supposed to do to function correctly. Uh, You know, it's a simple little message, but but it's truth. It's written in the Bible. But he does not intend for us to function incorrectly. He intends us to function correctly, and that means to be alive. Uh, so, I don't know. I just thought that was, like I said, thank you for following me down the rabbit hole. That, that's so basic, but it's something we don't actively consider, really. Yeah. God, ultimately, for everything to function correctly, we have to be alive and not dead. I, I accept that. <laughs> now... The next thought I had about this um, is if you think about this, in one split second, John became as if a corpse, lifeless. He crumbles to the feet of Jesus as if there were no life in him. All of his strength just abruptly drained from him, his legs buckled, and he's down. Now, um, this was, in this moment, this was pretty cool to me, and this was, this was a necessary reminder that I think God put in my heart. So once again, I'm sorry, it's a personal thing, I'm going to share it. Um, but it's not to be about me, it's about, it's about my testimony, it's about to glorify Him. And I, needed, I need these reminders once in a while, because as I mentioned earlier, there's a struggle. But I too have had an experience with Jesus that caused me to fall to the ground, and my situation was different, I was in a sitting position, and uh, I did not fall down as if dead. <laughs> it was actually quite the opposite. Um, at that time, I was, I was holding a baby, and I was in a sitting position. And actually, I was holding her more like this because I was just mindlessly bouncing her, trying to make her happy. And, uh, uh, and she was very upset, and, and I'm just mindlessly. And I'm in, in that moment, I'm in like the worst shape of my life. I've talked about this before, and I apologize if you're tired of hearing it, but, but I was in the worst shape of my life. I had been doing a, I'd been doing my own personal like devotional and, and I was 
kind of doing like my own version of Acts. I was writing down all the things that have happened to me and my relationship with God. But when I did that, I also had a lot of things that were popping up that I was realizing that I was hurting God. I was, I was, uh, you know, I was seeing my actions written down, and I was considering what God was what, what God was thinking about this, and it overwhelmed me, and I was in tears. I was in tears because I realized how many times, over and over and over again, and especially. I mean, I didn't forgive myself, but I kind of gave myself some leeway when I was younger and I didn't have a relationship with God. What really got me was after I had a relationship with God and I continued to do some things. Mm -hmm. And it just overwhelmed me and I'm in tears and the baby's upset and I am just, you know, I'm just crying and upset and I'm realizing that the baby is getting happy. That baby is suddenly laughing and just having a great time and I look at her and she's looking at something off over my shoulder and as I start to turn I'm already seeing light a very bright light now I didn't see a shape or a form of a person or anything like that in the light when I turned the light was there for a hundredth of a second but it immediately changed me I went from being in the lowest shape I could be in to being in the most happy, joyful moment of my life. I've never experienced anything like it up to that point. I had never experienced anything like it afterwards. I've had some joy in my life, but never, never like this. But when I, when I saw it, I, I lost control of myself. I was now on the ground, and I wasn't as if dead. I was, I was uh, basically the best I could do was kind of like rock back and forth. But it, I was rocking back and forth like I was drunk. I have a baby <laughs> on my chest. We're both just laughing and ecstatic, and and I'm kind of rocking. And I was there for quite some time before the strength returned to me to actually just to sit up. And so I I I get this. I understand this. How it can be just overpowering. Yeah, and, and how you can lose uh, all of your, you know, he was as if dead. And I th- and the reason, you know, this is not, this is, this is explaining, Revelation is explaining the ultimate joy forever and ever. But there's an important message that there's a job that needs to be done here, and it's serious. And so, and we're seeing the Lord in his glorified state. You know, he came to me at that moment knowing that I needed the joy. I needed to experience the joy so I didn't get lost in the despair. Uh-huh. Here, this is very important. So I understand why John is as if dead. You know, the glorified Jesus. I saw for a hundredth of a second a light. I can't even say there was a figure standing in or anything like that. It was a light. Uh-huh. He saw Jesus in his glorified state. The Jesus that's going to come back for us, you know. Boom! I, in my little minuscule experience compared to his is nothing. I, I understand why he would have fused out, <laughs> why he would be down, why all that strength would be gone. Um, just I, I know I've mentioned it several times right now, but 
the glorified Jesus speaking invisible is right there in front of you. And and not on top of that, also, this uh, John, more than than anybody, loved Jesus. I mean, people, everybody loves Jesus, and everybody has a, everybody can have a strong love, but this, the scripture states it. John was the one that loved him, and Jesus loved. And so that relationship, it's, it's, it's hinted at that, oh, we know for a fact that he laid his head on his chest and could hear the heartbeat of God. You know, I, I just, I can't stress it enough that this, this chapter one, you know, a lot of people go to the meat of the revelation. They want the visions. They want the letters. But this is the most human part of the chapter. This is a man that loved his Lord and now he's experiencing him again, but now he's experiencing not just the the the, the, the man he knew, he's experiencing the God. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I, I don't know how to explain this, but I get it. I totally get it. I can understand why he's down there as if dead, as if a corpse, and why he would never rise until Jesus gave him permission. Because how could you? You lay eyes on that for forever how you know he was probably hundreds of a second as well and then how would you write how would you face that being a mere human you know jesus mm-hmm. is the one that has to get him to rise and i understand why <laughs> you know um now uh, I don't know if you have anything on that. Otherwise, I'll, I'll continue on. But I just I, I just keep wanting to explain that. I want to get that picture out there. I don't want to lose sight of that. This is all about Jesus. That's this this chapter is about the mighty deed, the 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 work that he's done and the work he's going to do, and and why he's doing it for us. You know, who do not deserve it. I just never want to lose track of that. No, I don't have anything. I, I just I want you to go on with this. Um, so this is another thing that I noticed that once again I'm not I'm sorry. I I'm, if you came here wanting cold hard facts and and <laughs> and this is exactly what's going on and all that you came to the wrong place and I do apologize. Um, there are plenty of people out there who have made even just this book their life study and. And I'm sure they have very great insight. Um, this is just my attempt to share the one I love with you. Um, but I want I, I, before I look at any more words, I wanted to investigate something here. Jesus lays his hand upon John, but it specifies that he lays his right hand upon John. Now. In my previous example, it stated that Jesus touched the the disciples and and it doesn't specify right, left. He could have touched them with his chin for all we know. (laughs) It doesn't specify. Right. But right here, it specifies he laid his right hand upon him. I went into the right hand... I went into hands and right hand quite a bit in my last podcast. Um, but something that I want to I want to remember 
is just before this, what was in his right hand? It was the seven, it was the seven stars mm -hmm. were in his right hand. That same hand is now upon John, telling him, do not be afraid. I don't have the greatest conclusions. I just have, I just feel like this is important. I want to, I want to share this. I don't want to miss this. Um, but I want to ponder it. So I'm going to do a quick recap of what I talked about last time as far as the hands. I'm going to do this really quick because I don't want you guys to be like, we just talked about this. But to the Hebrews, the right hand was generally the dominant hand or the stronger hand. Metaphorically, the right hand represented strength and power. The hands are what was used to complete your work or your plans. The term instrument or tool was used many times in reference to hands in, in my studies that I did. So your hands are literally the tool you use to complete your work. Since the right hand was generally the stronger hand, the right hand is consider, considered the stronger tool. Now the word for the right hand was Strong's Concordance 3225, and it was Yamin, and it meant right hand. Um, so if you want to look that up, that was in the Hebrew. I went a little different because uh, I, I just felt like there was so much importance on hands, specifically the right hands in Scripture, that I went back to the Old Testament too. And then I also took a page out of your book, and I attempted a, since I had a Hebrew word, I attempted a Hebrew word picture. I've attempted a couple of them. Um, go to that podcast if you want to hear all three of them. But I thought right in this moment, what I just talked about, and it hit me, his hand at work controls chaos and brings everlasting life. He brought him back to life. In a spiritual shadow picture, he brought him back to life. He brought him the everlasting life. I put it in a Hebrew word picture last time, did not get here until this point in this study, and I went, wow, <laughs> there it is. Um, but anyway. Yeah, I like that. The study before you came up with that word picture, not knowing where you were going with it, not knowing the connection. That yeah. wasn't my favorite word picture in that study. It was yeah. actually the third one, and that's what I talked about. I just made that one. I just made up three of them because it felt, you know, it was like I was having fun. Right. But then I come back to this one, and here I am talking about, you know, maybe not physically or literally, but he brings John back to life, and there it is. I wrote it last time without even, mm -hmm. you know, meaning to. Um, well, obviously I meant to. I put it in there. But, right. But, <laughs> you know what you mean. <laughs> um, but then, so, okay, so my conclusion about hands and right hands from that podcast was that uh, the right hand represents power and control. So if something was in his hands, uh, to me it meant that, or it meant that also it was his possession. So if something is in your hand, it's your possession. Mm -hmm. um, you can give your possession away, like you can hold somebody's hand, but while you have that hand, it's your possession, you, you can give it back. Um, so he is in possession of whatever is in his hand, so he possesses, he controls, and he protects with his strength, what is in his hand. So here he's got his hand upon John. That is his possession. He controls John and he protects him. Now, that of course, because we have the right to choose, is only at John's 
permission or, or right. acceptance. Mm-hmm. You know, if John didn't take his hand back, then Jesus wouldn't, but he would still, he would still, you know, have overall possession because God is the creator. He has overall possession of everything, right. but he wouldn't have possession of his hand, his heart, his, you know, mind. Um, so I, that just kind of blew my mind when I was looking back at that Hebrew word picture and what I had wrote there. Now, if John is as if dead, the hand of Jesus is bringing him back to everlasting life. Like I said, no real definite conclusions to what any of this could possibly mean. There's probably so much more and so many things that I'm going to miss. If anyone else has ever thought about that, I would love it if they would share it with me. Um, But what does it mean? The hand that just had the seven stars now upon John to bring him back from being dead. It just, I'm throwing that out there. What does it mean? Wow. Well, uh, a couple things that just, with that, that just come to my mind right now. Uh, For one thing, John is among one of those seven stars. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it's like your, uh, and again, you're talking about he holds the stars in his right hand, the one he accomplishes his purposes with. His job. So, his so, so it's like he's saying, you're a part of my work. Mm-hmm. Just like those stars, those, those stars, you are a part of my work. Yeah. Um, but also in a sense, it's like unity and the joint and the brotherhood we are the body is like the seven stars they're all for you too it, 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 that i this then again this is just me spitballing at this moment in time uh but it's like we were made for each other as well we're all the body uh, uh of jesus uh and we're all we all have a purpose that's, that's to unify with God, but he wants us to be unified among ourselves as well. And, and I got that picture. It's like seven stars in my right hand. They're for you too. Right. You know, um, that, that was just my first thought. Well, I was also thinking that the, the John's going to have the vision and he's going to have the mes- message to deliver to the churches too. Mm-hmm. So it was also kind of in my mind too, you know, uh, Here's the the seven churches, um, and I and I say churches, but I prefer assemblies. Assemblies, I, I yeah. you know. But for the sake of most people who, you know, see the word churches in there, but um, here are the seven assemblies, and you have the important job, you know, of passing on this message. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to get this message out there specifically to these seven and. Eventually, you know, it goes, of course, we know it goes to the whole world, goes to every Christian ever. Uh, But I'm giving you, this is my right hand. This is my job, my task that needs to be done. This is also now your job or task that also needs to be done. You know, but like I said, it could be all of these and more. It could be none of these. I I don't know if I'm onto something here or not. I just, I have never, I've never heard anybody put that together before. I'm not saying I'm the first at ever. I'm sure if I really looked for it, I could find it. Uh, Google, I'm sure, would have plenty of people who have already thought about this before. But it just, 
What does that mean? And even if not, you know, I had this thought the other day. There are millions and millions and millions of people who have lived in history. How many of them, you know, didn't have a book to write or, right. or whatever? How many of them had this idea that just it, that's the furthest it went? Maybe shared it with their family, whatever. But, you know, it's like how many people have had the thought? It just didn't spread because they weren't Ph.D. or King or whatever right uh, and couldn't and didn't get that message out they just wow had that thought you know and uh, came to this conclusion had truth in this way whatever revealed to them and it just ended there you know it was it was for them and their moment in their lives but I've, I've wondered about that how many people we've never heard of have done amazing things in God that just kind of localized you know well or, sure History, of course, is always written by the winners. We know mm -hmm. that. And and there are, of the trillions of people who have been alive throughout history, we only know, if you actually really look at it, if you look at the history books, we only know a very small percentage of names and people. Mm -hmm. And stories. And there, I mean, in my own life alone, uh, after I'm gone, there will be very few people that will remember me. And then that generation will go away, and, and I will no longer be remembered to history. Unless, of course, the podcast just becomes such a huge thing that it's remembered for... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't laugh at that. <laughs> but, but seriously, um, and that's, that's, the, the, that's the majority of people in history. They are forgotten after a generation or two. Um, you know? No, it's, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, it's, they're forgotten here. They're not forgotten there, but... But the cool thing, you know, you're talking about that. How many people in history did they have some ideas or, or some something and they weren't able to express it or it was lost? Well, when we get there, they'll be there. Mm -hmm. And the beautiful thing about that is I'm sure we're going to have that forever and ever to hear those stories and celebrate those stories and 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 go you figured that out before anybody else you know that's amazing you know you you were on to something far you know 200 years before anyone else would ever figure it like just how amazing will that be i uh -huh. but i'm getting off track again <laughs> <clears throat> okay so uh i just wanted to make sure that that got put out there i like i said it was just it was important to me to mention it but i don't necessarily have any more than what we've already discussed uh, I then went on to look at the word uh, laid, laid hands upon me. Um, let's see here. Um, there was one thing in this that stood out. Uh, it's Strong's Concordance 2007. Oh, boy. Um, ep, ep, Help me out, Scott. How would I guess it would be epitithomy. Epitithomy, okay. Looks good. Sounds good. And the definition, to lay upon, uh, to place upon. And the usage, I put, place upon, lay on. And this is what I found interesting. I add, give in addition. Now, I know what it's actually referring to that, as far as that. You know, um, I lay this on top of the pile. I've added this thing to the pile. Right. But that... That did get me thinking about something, though. 
if one usage is I add, I just, I think this is cool. Maybe it's not. But Jesus added something when he laid his hands on John. Now, I have no idea what that was. It was could be a many things. It could be, you know, life. The fact that, like I was mentioning, brought him back to life. Could be wisdom. Could be power. Could be strength. Could be a job to do. Could be, you know, it could be a number of things. I just thought it was kind of cool. That I have added the burden of those seven stars onto his heart. Yeah, it's, I mean, it could yeah, it could go yeah. it could go so many ways. Now with Jesus, uh, I know that uh, that it's going to be something positive, even if it is a burden or something like that. It's still going to be some sort of positive thing. Um, but I have no idea. I just thought that was really cool that when Jesus lays his hands uh, upon us, right. we get something. He when I say burden, I meant like love and desire for, not not like, oh, here's the weight. Oh, my goodness. What, you know? <laughs> well, to be fair, when you have that love, and I mean, yeah, yes, it's just, wonderful, but there is also stress that comes with that. There's, the, the need mm -hmm. to share. That's what I was kind of getting across. But it could be that, yeah, it could be. I have to get this out. I have to express myself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it could be so many things. But you're right. Yeah, I'm. I'm again just spitballing. Not first that thought that came to my mind. That was just that to me. That was just that. That, that was just cool though. That, just to think about that for a moment. That he laid his hands upon me and he left something. But not only wow. Jesus. Added. Yeah. Not only Jesus doing that, but when we do that, uh -huh. you know. Um, we talk about laying hands upon in like church settings and, or just, you know, in, anybody can lay hands upon somebody and, and offer them a blessing or a prayer. We're giving them something. We're adding something to them. And if we're, at, if we're, if we're, if it's a prayer or a blessing, we're adding something positive to them. And I just thought that was, I thought that was really cool. Uh, and I, and I get it. I know what it's, I know what it's referring to. I know that it means like, I've added this, you know, I laid this down, I've added it to the pile, whatever. But in a spiritual mm -hmm. picture, I just thought that was really cool. Yeah. I have nothing else nothing else to go uh, to say about it. I just I thought it was really cool. Mhm. Mm um And it's funny cuz it's one of those words that I look up, uh, you know, I look at it in my study and I go, oh, "That means what you think it means." And sometimes Sometimes I, 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 I think I go, like, I try to force it. Like, I look at a yeah. word, and I'm like, there's got to be something, right? Like, uh -huh. like there's got to be. And, and I, I've come to this conclusion that I need to stop doing that for one uh, because it's <laughs> not right. It, obviously, if I'm not seeing anything, uh, I ask the Spirit to help me with each of my studies. Uh -huh. If I'm not seeing anything, then there's probably nothing there. I need to move on. But... Uh, or at very least, there's nothing for you right now. Exactly. But, yeah. But the other thing is, sometimes I think God wants a word to mean a word because it's important that that word is that word. I, I mean, yeah. That, it's I important that that word is that definition. You know? You need to see this as a whatever it mm -hmm. is. It, it's, but what about, no, 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 it's this. Right. I want you, at least for right now, see it as that. It's important. So I, I'm starting to get over that in my studies, but I used to get kind of disappointed because I'd be like, oh, there's really, I just don't see anything there. And I'd almost feel like a defeat maybe. And, uh -huh. I, and I'd move on and find something else and go with that. I don't, 
I'm starting to get out of that of seeing them as a defeat because yeah because <clears throat> right because no I, I recognize what you mean because I'm not I'm trying not to read into things right but at the same time I'm going this is this is an adventure it's a map it's a it's a puzzle what am I missing <laughs> right you know I, I know it's here where are you where's you know, my X yeah exactly <laughs> no I, I totally get that feeling um, so yeah so I'm you know, I might sometimes just include the words just uh, uh, just so we you, you know what Strong's Concordance number they are. Uh, you can look them up yourself. Um, but that's also I'm also starting to have that belief that if the word means the word, if the definition means the exact same thing in the English, then maybe it's because God wants it that way. <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. <clears throat> um, the next word that I looked at was fear. Um, and I should specify that uh, a lot of these words, um, you know, uh, hands, uh, feet, um, him, uh, a lot of these words I've already done in other studies. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see, and I, and I still look at everything. I, I, I skim everything at the very least, just to double check if anything makes sense now for this passage. And nothing really did other than so, uh, these new words that I'm adding. Um, so uh, this we're actually getting fairly close to being done with today's study um, because you know I am the first, I am the last, uh, all that kind of stuff. I have already looked into, and it made it makes the same okay. amount of sense here that it did there. Right. Um, so uh, I think this is actually my last word. Uh, but for the word fear, I, I saw I did see something that I liked. Uh, this one's Strong's Concordance 5399. And this is Fabio. Fa- no, it can't be Fabio. Fab. Fab. Uh, Fab. Fo- phobio. Phobio. So, like, um, like phobia. Pho- oh, yeah, I'm looking at the phonetic. Yeah, if I would just look at the translate. Okay, yep. Um, so, phobio. Um, the definition. Uh, so, fear. And that one of the definitions is. To put to flight, to terrify, <laughs> frighten, you know, fear. To put to flight. I and, like that. and I and I, I, I find that really interesting because you know, uh, fight or flight. When you're afraid, your adrenaline can pump. We call it fight or flight. You know, mm-hmm. we might flight. We might get the heck out of there. Um, so I just found that interesting. Uh, to put to flight, to terrify, frighten. Uh, usage. Oh, go ahead. Well, okay, okay, what's the verse again? Uh, I'm trying to remember where fear is exactly placed. Um, I'll, I'll read it correctly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's laid his hands upon, he's laid his right hand upon him. I want to read it correctly. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. It's saying on to me. It's, it's interesting. It just caught me as interesting. He falls at his feet as dead. He's not moving. And and one of the translations could be "Do not take flight." Oh, yeah, you're you're going where I'm going. Okay. Um, so it's like it almost it's it's almost like you're you're fleeing from me. Yeah. In a sense, by doing this, don't don't do that. Yeah, I Stay like that. Stay here. You're, you're you're exactly where I'm going. Oh no 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 no. <laughs> okay. No, I'm happy about that. Okay, good. Because I, I like I like. I just saw that it was it said it struck me as weird that he's not moving. He's on the ground. And it's like Jesus says, do not take flight. Right. Um, so, and then, uh, um, word study helper, uh, it continues, 
you know, to fear, withdraw, or flee from, avoid. Uh -huh. And so, uh, exactly, what I like here uh, is this withdrawal from, um, or to put to flight. So, in this verse, when Jesus says, don't be afraid, he could also be saying, don't withdraw from me. Yeah. Don't flee uh -huh. from me. Exactly what you're saying. Um, and so, that's just one of those you know, one of those simple truths that we all know, we sometimes it has to be banged into our head until we finally get it. But with when we're when we're with God, when we're at the feet of Jesus, there's nothing to fear. Don't withdraw from him. If you withdraw from him, then yes, there might be something to fear. Mm -hmm. Do not withdraw from him, nothing to fear. This is a simple truth that we all know. Uh but sometimes it has to really be uh, you know, beat in there. I'm so glad that you saw the same thing there. Um, I just, that, that was so, that was so interesting to me too. So we have, uh, we have, he's as if dead. He's laying there. He's basically a corpse. He's not really going to get up and physically flee, is he? <laughs> so to me, this is one, one of those kind of spiritual things that's happening too. Don't, yeah. don't, you know, don't go away from me spiritually. I stay here with me. Nothing to fear. I just, I don't know. I, like I said, yeah. I'm so out of, uh, I might be kind of out of uh, my level of, of, you know, in this study right now with this verse, this is one of my, one of my favorite verses. And, and I feel like completely overwhelmed by it too. Because uh, there's so much more here that I'm seeing than I've ever seen before. And this is one of those things too. It's, it's that conviction too. Like it's right here for me to see. Stop fleeing from him. Fall down at his feet. He'll tell you, "Don't flee from me. Don't be afraid." You know, easier said than done, maybe, but that's it. Yeah. No, that's. I I really like that picture. Wow. And. And uh, the right hand that he places upon you, that dominant, strong hand, that hand that that uh, uh, will protect you. And if you allow him, you know, you can be his possession. And I just, I love that too. I've, it's been a while since I've talked about it, but, you know, that, that being a slave of Christ is actually very appealing to me. We, we think of being a slave in modern days as, you know, one of the worst kind of ideas that there is. But... I want to be a slave to Christ because I want to be his possession. I want, I want the, the, I want the, what do I want to call it? The satisfaction of knowing that I'm pleasing the one who loves me the most and that I, I can give something back by being um, submissive, by being, by being uh you know, by answering the call, by by being his possession and, and trying, you know, doing my best to help glorify him. It's not about us. It's about him. And I and if I'm his slave, I have no, you know, I have no free. I mean, I still got my free will, but I don't have any, you know, wants or needs because they're all taken care of by mm -hmm. him i have no desire other than just servicing serving him and that's no you just um 
that brings up a, a study someone shared with me a long time ago is the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Mm -hmm. it, it basically means, uh, you know, I, I, I won't have any desire. It, it doesn't mean I shall not want things. Right. It means I, I will have no want for anything. If he's my shepherd, it's all provided. Right. And, and I'm good. I just where I am. If, if he's my leader, if he's my guide, if he's my king, if he's my whatever, I just have to follow. Well, and it's all provided for me. Well, and talked about in my study here today, that struggle. Mm -hmm. There's no struggle. Because I have full confidence that the one I'm going to serve knows better than I do and is more intelligent than I. He has the best plan. He knows what's good for me, for everyone. So there's no struggle. There's no longer any need to uh, battle with myself about what's right, what direction to go, what, you know, that's, to me, that just sounds relaxing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. I, yeah. I, I talked about being worn out sometimes because of the struggle, and it's, it's true. I mean, that's just that lack of energy. And then, you know, if you're not careful, then, um, for me anyway, it's, it's not been recent, but in my life, the depression has sunk in. The, the anxiety has sunk in. You know, I, why? Why would I want to live in that state when I can just surrender all of that and relax? I know clearly what I need to do because he tells me. And I'm not saying I'm doing this. But yeah. Please, yeah. <laughs> please, please don't think I'm, I'm better than everyone. I'm doing this. I'm not. That's why I'm, that's why I'm saying this. I want to get to that point. The struggle is the same as Adam's. Um, we think we know better. Yep. And we want to we want to do we want our will done, not God's will done. Yep. And if we would have just stayed in God's will, we would have been in the garden. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's all provided and it's all wonderful and it's all pleasant and it's all glorious. But we said, "No, I think oh, and that was the first step to screwing up." Yep. Um but yeah, it's a struggle to tell ourselves to shut up. Mhm. Mm that's that's where the struggle is, mm -hmm. and um, but you're right. If we would just say, you know, hey, you selfishness. <laughs> all right, now God, I'm over here. Now there's no struggle. It's all it's all covered. Right. That's the struggle right there. Is is me fighting me, mm -hmm. uh, trying to choke myself to death. But um, but yeah. So that's that's basically what I got from the, uh, from this verse. Um, like I said, the, the remainder of this verse, um, i sorry, I don't remember exactly what podcast it was, but I felt like that podcast did a okay job the, of, right. I didn't see anything necessarily uh, new for here, but I'll read the verse one last time just because uh, it's been a while now since I've read it. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And then, of course, right now, he's falling at his feet as if dead after just all of those descriptive Verses mm -hmm. explaining what he saw, you know, this glorified God, his his the the one he loved, his friend, the one that he spent time with as a human. Uh, now, just wow, <laughs> you know. I mean, he was wow here. John was so in love with him here. John loved this the 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 version that was here. He loved the lamb. Now he's seeing the lion. It's still the man that he loves, but it's now 
the glorified, the, the, the might, the, you know, it's just, wow. And uh, sorry. So I just, and when, I, when he saw that, when he saw Jesus, the one he loved now mighty and glorified and just glowing and on, and, and, and the flames and the hands and the feet and the, the, the white robe and, the, and the, the gold sash and all of it, just all of it, standing in the golden candlesticks, the, the seven stars, the voice, you know, as, as many waters. He's, he's just seen this, and he falls down at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me. That man, that God, lays his right hand upon him, that voice of many waters, fear not. Mm -hmm. I am the first and the last. And uh, that's that's this study today. Do you have any other any other thoughts? Well, just it's kind of humorous to me, because because initially I I do I like that fear not. I am the first and the last. I know that's meant to be comforting. But I remember as a child, you know, as a teen studying this, that fear, and I was, I was that fear not, I am the first and the last. I'm going, yeah, I know, that's why I'm afraid. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean, you know? I mean, I, I just pictured it like, don't be afraid, I'm the almighty God. I'm like, yeah, what? <laughs> so... Just, I remember thinking that, going, why, why is that supposed to make me calm? You know? <laughs> which, is, which is a very good point. Um, maybe it was also the reassuring presence of the hand upon yeah. him. <laughs> but yeah, the many, the many waters. Fear not! <laughs> okay, I won't fear. <laughs> but no, no, I... I uh, like I said, I've, I've explained it well. I would be totally in John's place here. If I had seen that, if I heard that, the, the visual and the audio, uh, right there, just something we, we he can describe it, still won't fully understand it mm -hmm. until we see it ourselves. But I feel now he's kind of saying, fear not. Like He's, pro he's proclaiming, mm -hmm. have no fear. And that in and of itself... You know, and God proclaiming it. It's not, it's not just, come on, it's okay. It's okay. It's not just God going, it's saying, fear be gone. Right. In a sense. And so now John has no fear. Now he can say. Now it's like, it's like period, new sentence. It's not a reason to not fear. Because that's how I always took it. Don't be afraid. I'm the first and the last. Right. But now I see it as, have no fear. Period. I am the first and the last. And now he's moving on. And now, John, it's like, it's almost like we just saw the glorified body of God. You're the first and the last. You're the glorious. I'm afraid. Have no fear. Now let's come back to where we were. I am God. But now it's like John can experience that with the fear gone. Well, and, and this is still, I mean, yes, he's different. Mm -hmm. This is still the one he loves. Yes. And so yeah. it would be like, it would be like if, if, uh, I, like I, I, this is probably a bad example, but if I got horribly disfigured and I go to my wife and at first she's, oh, you know, uh, no, go away. Oh, what are you? She's scared. But then I speak. Mm -hmm. She knows my voice. Uh -huh. 
no, it's me, you know. Right. So at first it's, oh, wow, wow, wow. But he recognizes who it is. It's oh, yeah. still the one that he <laughs> loves and the one that has loved him. <laughs> and so I, 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 uh, I, I, yeah, I see that too. That just, <laughs> and what I mean by that is kind of like it's God coming in His glory, and there was almost as a teen, or you know, when I first started studying this, an image of God like the light going down, yeah. and Him coming down. And so, no, 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 don't fear. It's just me. It's just yeah. me. Now, what I kind of get now is, no, He's still the glorious, mighty God. He just removed the fear, but it's like He's saying, "Don't be afraid." But you need to experience me in this way, mm-hmm. you know. And, and so it's like, no, he didn't reduce himself. He didn't come down. It's okay. It's okay. It's just me. It's like, fear not. Let the fear be gone. Now stand up. This is this is me. Right. You need to understand this me as well as the the me who you you know you rested your head on his chest and all that. And I didn't see that, you know, growing up. Well, yeah, I think sometimes you have to reread stuff so many times before, and and I highly recommend people study because so many, so much more fruit comes out when you actually study stuff too. Mm-hmm. Uh, listening to your studies in Genesis, I, 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 almost every podcast, I'm like, I'm looking at that differently now. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah, oh, it's, I know because I am. <laughs> it's just uh, so I highly recommend that. But another thing too is, um. And I blame Reunion on, on Patmos, the the uh, Frontier Alliance um, uh, video that they their video that they did, the music video and the in the show um, about Revelations. I blame them for this. For I blame them, but I love them for this. They, <laughs> they, they, they put this image in my head, and it still breaks my heart every single time I think about it. He hasn't seen, uh, you know. He's still a human experiencing time, uh-huh. and he hasn't seen, we don't know exactly how long, but we can guess, like 40 years or more. You know, he hasn't seen the one that he loved, the one that, the, the, I mean, to, to be with him on earth for a very short period of his life, and then to not have him for a very long period of time. And he had him. He, you know, he, he was there, but he wasn't, he wasn't there where they were talking, they were speaking, they were loving each other like they were back in the days in Galilee. And now, after all this time, he's seen them again. And I blame them for putting this image in my head because it breaks my heart every single time, just that thought of, it's you, the, my friend from Galilee, the, you know, mm-hmm. he's he the, this just this reunion of finally seeing yeah. him again, and a lot's happened to John. A lot of persecution, mm-hmm. not a lot of good stuff. There's been there's been a lot of good stuff in the sense that he's been building churches and he's been making relationships and the church is growing and he's a very important part of it. There's also a lot of, because of that. He's, there's also a very a lot of bad things that have happened. Uh, you know, torture mm-hmm. and. Uh, whipping and, and being cast out of towns and 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 being hated, you know, uh, which happens you know nowadays too. If you love Jesus, there's a good chance that you're going to be hated by a very large portion of the world. But but he was experiencing all of that and never giving up. And then boom, here he is again. I just can't. Im- 
it's so hard to imagine all the emotions and the feelings and everything that's going on in this moment uh, with John. But just the, there's got to be a small part of him that, that, you know, I know who you are. He's explaining it. I'm the first and last. Oh, yeah. But John is, I know who yeah. you are. You're the that's, one I love. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, then just imagine in that split second of that realization, all of that bad stuff probably went away. I mean, it still all physically happened to him, but in that split second, he went from from being just a, an old, beaten down, you know, man that had traveled so far mm-hmm. and experienced so much to just being that kid in Galilee again. You know, I, I, I can't say that's exactly what happened, but part right. of me can't help but wonder. But it does bring back... Um the words of Paul, who, who said, you know, look, the, I'm paraphrasing, all the suffering, all the garbage of this life, all the trials, all the horrors, they do not compare to the joy that is to come. And here was John directly in the presence of and experiencing that joy, that glory. Right. You know, I very much, you know, there is that, you know, it's God that, you know, the fear but there is very much the, uh, the it's him, you know, he's back, you know, uh, and again, it's why it's important. Do not be afraid. Fear not. With the fear removed, all that's left is the, uh, you know, you're back. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, that I, I don't believe that was, ne- you know, that wasn't a part of it from the very first moment he hit his face. It's just the overwhelming... So was, much. It was, yeah. Uh, well, and also you get the sense that... I mean, I don't... I, once again, I can't say this is exactly right, but you get the sense that he was going to do his normal thing. He was going to give prayer and worship like he always did. And they think they even know the spot that he did it. They think they know the cave, and they even think they know where he put his hand. Whether that's all true or not, I don't know. But, but he had a routine. Mm-hmm. So this was just his routine, just another day of him going and praying and worshiping and giving his love. I don't think he was aware that he was going to walk into that cave that day and boom. I don't think so either. You know, boom, Mm -hmm. or wherever he did it. I, I, I like to believe some of the traditions that they have out there but we still don't necessarily 100% know that that's exactly the cave where he had his revelation. But, but I just imagine, because uh, they, they show that, you know, he was a very old man at this point, and they show the spot where he would put his hand to help pull himself up. And I can just see it. He's a, he's a broken down old man, and he goes into the cave to do what he did, um, you know, every day. Uh, and this day, it says this is the Lord's day, so it could have even been a special day. And so it was going for even more special reasons, but I don't really think he knew Mm-hmm. That he was going to walk in there and boom, mm-hmm. there's my friend, the one I love. Yeah. Um, you know, this is, this is, this is kind of a tangent and I'm sorry. Uh, maybe we should just wrap this up. Uh, but I've been thinking uh, uh, lately about, I, I believe we're going to be able to experience uh, when, when we move on, the story is going to be told. And when the story is told, I believe we're going to basically 
be able to experience it. We're going to be able to watch Jesus yeah. on the cross. We're going to be able to go back and see the creation of the universe. It's going to be laid out and explained. It's going to be revealed. We're going to see these amazing stories. The story is going to be told to us. We're going to, you know, and imagine. And, and so I've been picturing like Jesus praying in the garden before his crucifixion and this invisible throng of people around him oh. from all through time watching this happen, right? Things like that. And imagine like this story, because I was just thinking, this is one of those moments where will I get to go back and watch John walk into that cave, watch the vision come to pass, watch him connect with Jesus in this way and experience that. And that, all of these thoughts just made me think, Live your life so that other people will want to relive it. Oh, that's good. Live your life in a way that you yeah. want people to experience it uh -huh. and you won't be ashamed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, imagine. There, there'll be moments in your life that make people go, oh, I want to see what he saw. I want to experience yeah. that moment, you know. But anyway, that's all. That's a little tangent there. Well, my... My uh, threat at the beginning that it might turn into a short one today. <laughs> I think I think we've proven once again we don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, we can't keep it short. <laughs> um, but I, I hope that there, I hope there was something in there anywhere. I don't testimony uh, a thought that I had uh, just this idea of John um, um, Jesus uh, just keeping that picture in our heads. I just hope that there's been something in here that touches people in a way that they, they stop listening to my podcast and they just go off and they start see, seeking that relationship. Yeah. And if you already have that relationship and you're listening to this and it just helped cement something, I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It just, and, and again, just to reiterate to everyone, this is not about us. No. Uh, we are so happy if we end up finding out in heaven, someone watched one of these was challenged, took off on their own, never watched us again, never came back, but their relationship with Jesus was so deepened and so strengthened. That's what this is all about. Uh, it's not about us. Uh, who cares about us and what we think? Uh, we just, we hope you're connecting with Jesus more deeply every day. Yes. Yes, amen to that. Um, but as always, this has been Brad. And this has been Scott, and this really has been not about us. <laughs>